Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Mike Schlocknick. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Hi, Whitney. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm grateful to have you on the show again. And as a listener, you may have heard of Mike before. I hope so. But he was a former guest. He was on show WS130. It was over a year ago now. I can't believe it's been that long ago, Mike. Time flies. It's amazing. Where does it go? But a little about Mike, and then I'll let him tell us a little more. But he's a debt and equity investor in real estate, CEO, and has since founded TF Management Group LLC. He's the author of a book called How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Investment Fund and has a podcast podcast called The Big Mike Fund. Mike, thank you again uh, for your time sharing your expertise with the listeners and myself. Give us a little more about exactly what you're focused on as far as your fund and maybe some details around that. And let's dive into, you know, just how you're handling this crisis and what's happening right now. Sure. Thank you, Whitney. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, I'm a fund manager. People have called me Big Mike for a long time. That's why I got BigMikeFund.com. That's just the primary entry point to our universe of funds and educational content. I'm fund manager. We have a few funds. We have a growth fund, fairly new Temple Growth Fund. And then we have Temple Opportunity Fund that's been around for three years and a number of legacy funds. So we invest in a number of assets, including multifamily. Generally, we invest as LPs. We could take a co-GP in some projects. But we, we invest as LP investors, passive folks with the right sponsors. So we have a broad range, sort of fund of funds. We are not actively managing assets, but we pick and choose the best asset managers and invest in their best projects and then figure out how much capital we want to deploy. Some projects we can fund entirely and some projects we could take a piece depending on you know, circumstances. And I'm here in New York dealing with the craziness of the coronavirus. It is a um, president in times, and we're hanging in there. The spread here is pretty significant, and I think it's more than anywhere else in the country. And, yeah, New York City is almost like a ghost town. It's not a ghost town, but you go outside, and people are very few. Very few people walk in and... Things change drastically. It's not what it used to be. It feels like, you know, almost a ghost town. Wow. Well, just so the listeners know, we're recording this on March 25th. This may not come out for a couple of weeks, but just so you, you understand that when we're, we may know a lot more by the time this show comes out. But, you know, I love hearing right now how experts like Mike are handling their business and whether it's with, you know, sponsors they're working with or investors or just what's happening right now. And, you know, Mike, you know, what actions are you taking or should we be taking during a, a crisis like this? Or what have you seen? Thank you, Whitney. So at every level, no matter who you are, you have your relationships, whatever you call them, the top five, the top 10, however many, and you should communicate with all of them. There's no necessarily critical order, but they could be you know, our investors or our project sponsors, or we make loans on projects, our borrowers, we work with closing agents, attorneys, title companies. We try to reach out to as many as we can and express our support and ask questions, how you doing? You know, you and your family are safe. So communications are the key to reach out. And we're having daily conversations, more than one, two, three, four per day, 
scheduling them out to, to chat with relationships. That's step number one, just understanding how people are managing. The next key kind of exercise, and as you know, and I belong to a number of top masterminds around the country with real estate folks, one of the key messages is shred your expenses. Whatever you do, look at where you could cut costs. It is not a fun exercise to do, but it's certainly an important exercise if you're running an operation and you have a multifamily complex. Is there non-critical things that you can cut or defer for the time being, right? And it's very, very important just going through your priority payments, things that you have to pay to keep things afloat, and what you can defer and communicate with folks that you're deferring that you're not doing this for any other reason that it's, you know, it's the virus. And they'll understand. So if you do marketing, I literally had reached out to a marketing company and ask, could you give us a break for a number of months? And they are. Whatever profit margin, they'll shrink and they'll still keep the business, but it'll be somewhat savings for us. So whatever you can, cut costs, do some stress tests, right? Just think about your uh, portfolio. Where do you have stress points? So on a fun level, we'll go through the exercise, what assets are at bigger risk and why? And what can we do about it? That's another key question. There are things you just can't do anything about, no reason to stress about it. And there are things you can control. Things you can control, focus on those so you could do something about it. For sure, reach out to your banks is one of the exercises we've done. And again, this has nothing to do with the farm. My wife is optometrist. We have a practice here in Brooklyn. It's closed. Well, we've opened up a couple of times for critical emergency cases, but if you don't have an emergency, it's generally closed. Equipment loans, right? I mean, there's many small businesses that they have kind of loans, equipment loans. Reached out to the bank, 90-day deferral, no questions asked. If you're in distress zone and you can't pay your bank for whatever reason, reach out. Most of them will be, you know, understanding and, and supportive. The other interesting thought, and again, we're very, with times of high uncertainty and a lot of, you know, things are moving at the warp speed. There are things you could sell today, sell. So I'll give you an example, again, residential real estate. Commercials are hard. Commercials are frozen up. Commercial market is completely frozen. You can't get financing today. Maybe it'll unfreeze by the time the episode comes out. But residential sells. So if you have assets that are on the market and you got a good offer and the buyer is looking for a little break here and there, give them a break and sell the asset, get liquidity. That's the next advice, right? Get liquidity any way you can. Increase liquidity. Get the cash. Hoard the cash. If you have lines and the banks are giving you money, draw on the lines. Just pay them the interest. Even though you're not earning any interest on the money, keep extra cash in your account. So liquidity is a key for a couple of reasons. If you have problems, you'll be able to solve problems with cash. And if you have new opportunities and you, you have cash, you'll be able to take advantage of them. So those are some basic, basic ideas, at least initial thoughts, what to do on a grand scale of things, no matter what business you're in. I love that right there. I mean, you'll be able to solve problems or take advantage of opportunities if you have some cash. I just think that's so smart right now to be thinking about that. And just you highlighting the communication, you know, with whoever it may be, whether it's your investors, if you're an operator, or whether it's your mortgage company for your personal house, you need to be communicating, right? You got to be talking to them to see what's available or to see what you can do right now. You know, Mike, do you see, I know you're working with you know, numerous operators and probably have a good pulse on the, just, you know, what people are doing. And, and I wonder, you know, are you seeing much retrading happening on, you know, deals that are under contract right now? Or what are you hearing about that? So it's a great question, Whitney. 
not enough time for the markets to shake through. We're seeing, uh, so I could tell you, we have that one deal we're going to invest. It was a large multifamily deal in Midwest, almost a thousand doors, over a hundred million dollar asset with proper debt structure and preferred equity and a common equity. Make long story short, it was a solid deal. And we're going to proceed with that. The deal got canceled because the lead investor, we were a significant investor in the deal, but we're not the lead investor. The last minute, the lead investor pulled the plug because they have a significant portfolio of hospitality assets. Nothing to do with multifamily, but they freaked out because hospitality is in a deep, deep, deep hole. It is beyond, you know, it's not even sure if it's going to survive. So this is a, it's called retrade. It's a canceled deal. It will probably retrade if the seller will stick around for a number of months, maybe new investors will step in, probably will retrade. Don't have any other retrades. Had conversation with a number of folks. We do have a deal on a portfolio of single families, not multifamily, but it's a single family portfolio. And it's a solid, solid deal because virtually the entire portfolio is Section 8. We feel good about the rent predictability of the cash flow because Section 8. We're still going to the seller and we're still asking for further concessions because uncertainty. And a lot of folks we interact with, they're asking for any concessions they can, 10%, 15%, even if they want to proceed with the deal. So the technique doesn't hurt to ask. Don't know the results. They're asking for the discounts. They're asking for some kind of retrade. Some of them will get put on hold. If the sellers feel good about what they got, they're going to tell them, well, you know, let's see the rent collection April 1st, rent collection May 1st. If numbers are good, will you still perform? And those who need the liquidity, they'll probably hey, say, hey, close now, I'll give you another 10% off. So not enough time for data to come in. So all I can tell you is that the conversations are happening and everybody's preparing to have the conversation, but we don't know how they end up. You know, as an operator, you know, or how should we handle or do you have experience, you know, if, if investors say I need the liquidity or I need the money, you know, I really need out of this deal, you know, say we're in it two or three years or, or maybe not, you know, how have you seen operators handle that? What are your thoughts? We actually had an opportunity, we're working on it now, where an existing multifamily funded, I think, just about two and a half years ago, one of the significant investors in the deal LPs wants to get liquidity. And they reached out to the sponsor and the sponsor reached out to us and saying, hey, I have a potential investor who want liquidity. They want to forgo all the backend equity. They've been receiving PRAF and they're okay with that. They want their principal back. Uh, are you guys interested in the deal? And the answer is yes, we're interested to discuss. So these type of situations will happen. And if you're a sponsor and you got some investors approaching you, they want liquidity, you certainly can try to help if you have somebody else who can step in their shoes. It requires your consent as a sponsor. In this negotiation, it's a short sale of equity in essence. The deal may itself may be fine, but it's not ready to get an exit point and you can't bring it to the market now anyway. So everything is in flux. So you want to bring it to the market in a couple of years. Maybe that was the original plan. So to have a conversation, we're looking for a little bit more discount than just the backhand equity upkick. We're looking for some discount on the principal. If the LP is flexible enough, we can solve the issue. I don't want to be a vulture investor, but we are opportunistic if the deal is solid itself. And at this point, that's the approach. You as a sponsor have the right of first refusal. If you have your own cash, you could take that position, but you may not want to. So you almost need the conversation with somebody like us, and I'm not advertising or promoting anything. But we're happy to have a conversation if we like the deal, 
may be able to help or not. We'd love to see things shake out a little bit and stabilize because we chatted before. We don't know what the rent collection is going to be. The performer maybe a month ago could have been, you know, 10% cash on cash. And a month later, it could be barely servicing the debt with rent collection. Who knows, right? Right. Are, have there been any other impacts that you've seen or noticed or maybe that's been unexpected? I mean, a lot of this has obviously been unexpected, but anything maybe out of the ordinary or anything that you've seen that you could make us aware of? So this is going to be some temporary and permanent changes. And you really have to think about anything that's happening right now. Is this going to be likely a permanent or a temporary thing? So give you some examples. The... Uh, Stay-at-home, shelter-at-home policy is now accelerating the trend for people to order. Everything order on Amazon or, or e-commerce. That trend has been growing and it's probably going to accelerate. I mean, we're not talking about multifamily. It's just a general trend. Will people go back and still shop in the shopping centers? Yes, they will. But the acceleration to e-commerce is here to stay. Some temporary things, hey, people are not getting a haircut. <laughs> They'll get the haircut. There will be a lot of hair. The demand for haircut will increase when they come out of this. So, right, think about it. Just this basic, basic stuff. So, I would say that you really have to evaluate short-term trends and long-term trends and what you can do about it. There's going to be retrading and there's going to be opportunities and just we don't know what they are. So, just observe, hoard cash, and we're not trying to make any drastic decisions. It's more like we're here to help. And we've had, because part of our business, we also lend money on a number of fix and flip projects. And we've had people that reach out and say, hey, listen, my projects are stuck. I can't rehab because shut down. Can you give me a break? And we will certainly do that. So we're here together, back to the initial communications, find out who needs what help and how is it going to impact you. Set expectations. The next important thing that you could do as a syndicator or myself as a fund manager, reach out to your capital investors, your whole universe, and start setting more conservative expectations. People already know, I mean, pretty basic, but just communicate that the project is solid. You're taking care of the tenants and the debt service, but just lower a little bit expectations on the returns. Something really basic and really important because you don't want to surprise people. You just don't know what's going to happen, but you can set proactive message today. And the, the other interesting thing that happens is that when you have the next set of deals in the future, part of this communication, you could have follow-up sequencing sort of just to tell people, listen, the stock market is just in, it showed you what it can do. It can lose a lot of value fast and creates a little volatility and certainty. Whatever you feel about stock market, consider diversifying out of it and getting into more predictable asset class like real estate and the fluctuations are a lot less and stability is a lot less no guarantees it's still risk right you could have lose in economic occupancy and certainly have a pain, have a pain point but this is shift is a significant shift so right now i so i see two interesting shifts one people are selling and they are saying i'm done with it i'm moving the capital and i would like to put in your fund because it's much more predictable or your syndication there is that happening for people who are don't want to be in this unpredictable volatile stock market something also interesting happens there's some absolutely the opposite happening i had conversation with a few investors and said 
listen, your funds have done so well, but the market's dropped 30%. Can I get some money out of your fund to go buy some stocks? And when I heard this, like, really? Is that what you want to do? It's a dropping knife. Well, you know, it's going up and down. Maybe it's going to recover 20% fast. Listen, it's a matter of personal choice, obviously. But you have no control, no predictability. And I, had, I was able to communicate with a few folks and give them some wisdom to reconsider their decisions. But some people are thinking, hey, you know, when something feels it's gone down a lot, maybe it's a bargain. Is it? Can it drop another 20%, another 30%? Can we have a worse recession? So, but the opportunity certainly deliver the message because many people are moving out of it permanently and you will get some of that capital looking for home in real estate. Mike, you know, you get to work with lots of operators and I wonder, you know, from what you've seen from working with numerous operators, how were the best operators prepared for something like this before we ever knew this was going to happen, you know, whether it's their underwriting, whether it's their management, whatever it may be, how have you seen the top ones you work with, you know, to be prepared for this now? So another great question. I would say that the best operators have been disciplined in underwriting. Again, not just multifamily deals, whatever they've done, they've been disciplined. We certainly do finance, fix and flip. And I had a call with one of the top guys he does 25, 30 flips a month. And he's just excited. He's been so prepared. More opportunities coming to the market right now because sellers are anxious, they're nervous, they're giving him better discounts. And in his state, he's able to continue to do the work. It's considered to be essential. And the people who want to work, the construction workers want to coming out and they, it's easier for him to get people now. So it's going to be because he's been prepared, he's going to take advantage of this opportunity. And a small fish kind of falling off. In commercial, a little different, right? The ones who have prepared well, they've built up reserves, right? So the good operators, they've not over-leveraged. And there's been a fear you get maximum cash you can, maximum loan, free money, not free, but very low interest rate. Yes, true, but you, the smart guys have had cash reserves. I mean, we have, just to give you an idea, we've been sort of prepared. We've been having extra cash. So we have about 15% of the fund liquid completely. So we've had cash position significant because it's a prudent strategy when you see things, you know, not going to go well. Same thing Warren Buffett, right? He's had, he has a significant cash position. I'm sure he's going to use the ammo pretty well over the next number of months. So the smart folks, and then they're written conservatively, have had significant reserves. You're one of these guys who have assumed lower occupancy in the first couple of years. So you can actually survive distress. And we've always, when we have in the written, we've asked them, let's stress test the, the cash flow, let's stress test the cap rates. And those who have done those things and still went forward with deals, the deals have better downside protection. I mean, no guarantees now because even the best preparation could still hit a brick wall if we have you know massive unemployment. But the preparedness has been better underwriting, better cash reserves. And then, obviously, execution plan, capacity, people experience to be able to deal with issues. So we've tried to be very, very selective, picking the sponsors and operators who are the most capable, and we feel pretty strong about it. But still, just uncertainty is what's difficult to deal with because, again, you can have a great multifamily complex. You just don't know what the rent collection is going to be. And if suddenly it's below a stress point, and you don't have enough collection to pay the mortgage, 
you have good reserves, great. And if you don't have good reserves, can you proactively manage conversation with your lender and all that stuff? So the good guys will get through that whole thing. And what's important is to communicate and going. Again, I mean, CG Mastermind, we're running weekly calls. So CG stands for the collective genius. A number of other masterminds, I mean, they are during the time of crisis, continuous and frequent communications with your best resources and just get fresh data on a weekly basis. What's going on? What are the best ideas? Don't bunker up and hide away. Communicate, find out what's going on, where things are getting better, where things are getting worse. Maybe somebody could come up with a good opportunity and they'll need your help. You can partner up with somebody. So now is the time to be very proactive and take on sort of leadership role within your organization, your people, your team. Communicate confidence. That's one of the key things. If you're going to communicate fear, people are going to you know, be fearful. If you're going to communicate leadership, people are going to feel confident. And you're not trying to be arrogant, pardon me, you know, ass, but you just want to be confident leader, communicate well, and make people calm and confident. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Communication all the time is so important. And every show I do, uh, you know, I ask people, you know, something, you know, how they stand out or whatever with investors. And so much of the time, it's communication. And it seems like in a time like this, you know, a high quality operator, you're going to communicate that much more, you know, but then you're going to find some that kind of disappear, you know, at a time like this. And that's not what we want. If you're wanting to be a top notch operator, this is the time to be communicating more than ever, seems like to me. And then just, you know, what we're doing and how we're planning and, you know, just so investors know that we're doing everything we can to, you know, minimize any kind of damage. But unfortunately, we're running really low on time, Mike. But, you know, tell the listeners how you like to give back. If you have a question, I'm happy to chat to give you some thoughts. There's no right or wrong answer. You can book 15 minutes with me. And if you have a question, happy to, uh, again, time permitting, I'll try to be as responsive as I can and give you some thoughts, whatever little problem. I want to say this, you know, we know we're running out of time. But as a kid, I was a mathematician, always loved solving difficult problems. So if you give me a problem, maybe I can give you some feedback and hopefully it's helpful. So bigmikefund.com from there, you can schedule time with me. It's 15 minutes. If it's something that needs more time, we'll, we'll just extend it. Bigmikefund.com, schedule time, and I'll try to solve whatever issue you're having. Can't guarantee, don't give you any investment advice, but I can give you sort of my wisdom and it's very expensive wisdom, but I'm not going to charge you. Be very careful if people give you free advice. I charge a thousand bucks an hour, but as a giving right now, I'm going to charge zero and just give it if you need some thoughts. So appreciate you sharing that, Mike. And I hope the listeners will take you up on that. Any other way that they should know how to get in touch with you or bigmikefund.com the best way? Bigmikefund.com. I promise if you mistype it, you heard that. Bigmikefund.com. It's not a kinky site. That's as far as I could tell you. you all you have to remember the reason we got the site is because it's easy to remember. BigMikeFund.com. That's all. That's the entry point. Awesome, Mike. That's a wrap. Thank you very much. Thank you kindly. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. 
Have a blessed day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.